Amen. And so why don't we say it together? Pastor Hilton preached to me. Can we all say that? Pastor Hilton. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, you can be seated for a minute. I'm thankful for those old songs, too. I love to hear them sung. I like to hear them. A lot of those old songs have made it into my prayer playlist as I'm praying, listening to some old songs. And uh, when they were there with us, we got to hear them sing a couple of times. And uh, my son... He got to know what it was like to play with those weird tempo songs. And uh, he did all right. He did all right. Amen. I love Bishop and Sister Riggin. I love my brother and his wife, Nana, Sister Hilton. And uh, I want to say a heartfelt thank you to this church. for all, every prayer. Thank God for a father who is dedicated to be in church. For had he been home by himself, only God knows what the result would have been. So if you ever question whether I should be in church or not, it just might save your life in more ways than one. Amen. I'm nervous as a cat right now. I asked my sister if she would play for me. She may have to help me stay on the melody, but this is just an older song that I grew up with. Probably not as old as the one he, he sang, but it just reflects what's been on my heart all day. Yes, I did preach what I feel like I'm going to relay tonight, this morning. But I can't shake it. I need his help.
tonight can we magnify him this evening you are so good to us Jesus we magnify you in this place today Lord thank you Lord that you hear our call we magnify you Jesus we magnify you Jesus hallelujah sweet lamb of God John chapter 16. Verses 19. That's where we're going to start. John chapter 16 and verse 19. Now Jesus knew that they were desirous to ask him, said to them, do you inquire among yourselves of that I said a little while, and you shall not see me, and again a little while, and you shall see me. Verily, verily, I say to you that you shall weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice. You shall be sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned to joy. A woman, when she is in travail, has sorrow, because her hour is come. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembereth no more the anguish. For joy that a man is born into the world. And ye now, therefore, have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice, and your joy shall no man take from you. Verse 23, and in that day, you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say to you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. 
Hitherto have you asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you shall receive that your joy may be full. Verse 23 says, In that day you shall ask me nothing. But he goes on to say, Whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. And it's from this passage that I want to preach, teach, whatever it ends up being. The God who answers prayers. The God who answers prayers. Can we love him right now? Can we talk to him right now? We love you, Jesus. Come on, let's worship the Lord one more time all across this building. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we magnify you. day you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say to you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. We'll see how every time I say I don't want to be long, I end up being longer than I want to be. I I really, I, I asked God for notes this morning, and <laughs> not asked him, but I, I prayed this morning and I had thoughts that I was going to go after and no no notes. I had another direction I was going to preach when I came tonight and no notes. <laughs> now, because God changed my direction, I I taught a variation of this this morning to our church and it it was birthed this morning as I went to bed last night, I was asking God for clear direction. I got tons of notes I can always pull out if I want. But I'm sorry, I just don't, I don't pastor that way. I want to make sure that the people are hearing what God needs them to hear. And uh, I woke up this morning not feeling what I had intended to teach. And so, all right, God, what, what do you want me to say? And that was... I say I woke up this morning, but I woke up this morning also with a phrase on my mind. This don't happen always. And I told my church, I said, please don't think I'm, I'm extra spiritual because I, I don't claim to be. 
But this morning was unique to me because this phrase just kept eating at me. And every time I prayed, it, it, it would come back to me. And literally, as soon as I opened my eyes, the thought came, I still answer prayer. And I said, yeah, I know. <laughs> and so for a while, I thought God was just trying to work on this old boy because he needs that from time to time, Brother Nelson. And I kept saying, all right, God, I got it. Now what do you want me to tell your people? And it came back. I still answer prayer. And this evening as I'm pulling in the parking lot, here it comes again. I said, but God, you know I don't have notes to lean on. So if I flop, blame me, all right? If it's success, let's blame God, all right? <laughs> but I began to think about this passage of Scripture, and, and maybe when you hear God answers prayers, these aren't the Scriptures you go to. I don't know. I'm a unique fella, so just ride with me for a minute. And I began to look at these Scriptures, and I, you know, the King James is a good translation but sometimes us Americans, we don't really understand what King James is talking about. And I'm reading this passage of Scripture, and, in, and it said in verse 23, In that day you shall ask nothing of me. Well, what do you, what, what? And, and when I first began to read it, I began to think, well, he's commanding them not to ask him anything in, the day, in that day. And I began to study this this morning before service, and I began to realize that's not what he was saying at all. But he's, he was trying to relate to them that there was a transference of ways to ask him. In case you don't understand what that day he was referring to, well, let me go back to John chapter 14. In verse number 17, we could, we could spend a lot of time in these passages of Scripture. But John chapter 14, 15, and 16, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples, explaining to them the, the things that are about to transpire. He's letting them know, hey, I'm going to have to go away from you so that I can come back and be in you. And, and my Father's going to send a comforter, and we're going to read those in just a minute, but, but it, which is the Holy Ghost, and he shall send it in my name, he said. He said, you're going to have something different than what you've experienced the last three, three and a half years, guys. There, there's a difference of how you're going to be able to approach me and, 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 the, and the way that you're going to be able to communicate with me. There's going to be a change in how that all transpires. He said, even the spirit of truth, and I'm, I'm cutting into a conversation, so just ride with me. Verse 17 of John chapter 14, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, the world cannot, uh, who the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, because uh, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you I will not leave you 
comfortless. He said, my buddy up in heaven is going to come down and, and join you. That's not what he said. He said, I got a friend that I, I'm going to send back, and he's going to work with you all for a while. That's what some people believe. But he said, I will not leave you comfortless. I'm not sending somebody instead of me. But Peter, I'm coming back to be with you in a different manner. I'm beside you. You can reach over and touch me. If you need something, you just tap me on the shoulder and say, Hey, Jesus, I got a problem. I got a friend down the road that needs you to touch him. And then you, he gets up and they go to the friend's house and, and that friend gets healed. Hey Amen. That's how that conversation would have went when Jesus was with them. Many of you already know where I'm headed. And that's all right. He said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world sees me no more. But you see me. Because I live, you shall live also. And then they use that term again. At that day. You shall know, I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. And then in verse 23 of John chapter 16, he says, And in that day, you shall ask me nothing. Sorry, folks, I'm very simple. You know that. Brother Nelson, can you help me for a second? Now, Brother Nelson's with me. And with me and Brother Nelson, I don't fear no devils. I love Brother Nelson. But the disciples are standing there listening to Jesus. And he said, look, guys, there's going to be some changes going on. And I'm going to have to go away. The world isn't going to see me. But you're going to see me. In fact, you're going to know me in such a way that you're going to know that I and my Father are one. And that you and I are now one. Because of my father. And everybody else is going to know that we are one because you're doing my commandments. And because you love me. He said there's going to come a day. Bishop, am I wrong? That wasn't the day of the cross. That was the day of Pentecost. Well, if you want to know why, because Jesus was still with him after the cross. And he clearly stated, I have to go to my father 
so that I can come back and be in you. And me and Brother Nelson, if we wanted to, we could have a conversation right now. And we would have that good conversation with one another. And we would be able to build each other up. And we'd be able to help one another physically right here, right now. But do you know, that's what I told my folks this morning, is you know that God wants to have this same kind of interaction with you and me. And I feel the Holy Ghost today. But let me tell you something. Thank you, sir. I'm going to step out on limb, brother, brother, brother Hall. Some of you have quit talking to him because you don't think he's listening to you. You've spent time discussing things with him, and I ain't seen any action on his side. And you say, preacher, Jesus even said if I ask anything in his name to the Father in heaven, then I'm going to get everything that I need. It's exactly what I said. But it wasn't me who said it. That was Jesus who said that. And he made it very, very, very clear. There's no ifs, ands, and buts about that statement. So I asked my church this morning, and I'm going to ask you the same question. Do you still believe that God answers prayer? Well, that was weak. Let me ask it again. Do you still believe that God answers prayer? Now let me ask you again. Do you believe that God will answer your prayer. How do you know God's going to answer your prayer? What? He's done it before. And Ty Trebet said, if he did it before, he'll do it again. He's not the only one that said that, but that's the song that popped into my head. It was Christian, I promise. <laughs> Jesus still answers my prayers. And he still answers your prayer. Did you know that if you have the Holy Ghost, now, I, I may make sure I, I don't mess anybody's up, ideas up. He'll still answer people's prayer without the Holy Ghost. He just looks for faith and sincerity. And he'll answer their prayer. If you don't believe that, let me take you. I don't have time tonight to take you to the people in the Bible that he answered their questions and their prayers. And they had nothing to do with him before or after. He still answers prayer. Why does he answer prayer? I'm of the opinion, and Bishop can always correct me if I'm wrong, 
But God doesn't get glory for his people struggling all the time and turmoil in their life all the time. But God does get glory when things are doing a little bit better. Now, that means sometimes I have to go through some bad things so that God can receive some glory from my life again. And I, I began thinking about the Apostle Paul, and I don't want to be, be much longer, but, but I began thinking about the Apostle Paul, and he went to the Lord three times about a situation. I don't know what it was. Bishop, do you know what it was that, that was, was plaguing Paul? I don't know. I don't think they, they explicitly stated. In fact, I know they didn't. Um, there are a lot of people that have ideas. But regardless of the idea, I don't know. But one thing I do know, what God told the Apostle Paul was, my grace is sufficient for thee. Why? Because his strength is made perfect in Paul's weakness. That's why I have weaknesses. Because I have to realize I need the help of the Lord. Otherwise, I think we, being humans, would probably falter to the side of ego. Maybe not you ladies, but us guys, we probably would. <laughs> we become self-sufficient. We don't pray like we should. We need the help of God like we've never needed it before. He's our everything. That's why you need to pray. Now, I said a while ago that, yes, I believe that those that don't have the Holy Ghost can pray and God will answer their prayer. But I want those of you that have the Holy Ghost to listen to me just a minute. You have an authority in your life when you're praying that nobody else does if you've got the Holy Ghost. The Bible tells us... Uh, there are plenty of places in the scripture that I could go to tonight. I, I, I'm trying to choose my words carefully so I don't end up being super long. But, but I want you to understand that every single believer, under the sound of my voice and around the world, has the access. In fact, I was reading a while ago in... in, in uh, I didn't see this this morning. I would have, I would have tried to include it. But, but what, what the commentator states in, in this Bible that I'm using, he said all believers have full, legal, redemptive, gospel, blood-bought, promised, and family rights to the use of the name of Jesus in many different facets. And he lists 14 different things. He said you have unlimited access to the name of Jesus when you're a part of the family for salvation, for baptism, for fellowship, for worship, good deeds, combat, preaching, healing, judgment, prayer, praise. And in fact, Colossians 3 and 17 says, you have access to the name of Jesus for everything. Whatsoever you do in word and deed, do all. 
the name of Jesus. When I have need of something, I'm going to do it in the name of Jesus. Let me tell you something. When you're sick, you call on the name of Jesus. When you need help, you call on the name of Jesus. When you need the Holy Ghost, you call on the name of Jesus. When you get baptized, you call on the name of why do you do that? It's really simple. Brother Hall can preach this. He's already said it. Matthew 28, 18 says, All power in heaven and in earth belongs to me. And those words were read in your Bible. Jesus was stating these things. And then he goes on in verse number 19. And he says, because of what I just said, because all power is in my name, I want you to baptize. I want you to teach. I want you to preach in the name of Jesus because there's power in his name. Brother Nelson said it already. This whole thing's been just intertwined through the service all night. He said this. He said, look, you got to understand, there are nothing, there is, oh my goodness, this train is derailing quickly. Amen. Uh, Brother Nelson began to talk about how that, uh, well, we'll come back to that, I guess. I guess it wasn't in the will of God for me to say it. Amen. He began talking about in Jesus' name. We sing about in Jesus' name. We know that there's power in Jesus' name. Yeah? His name is Jesus. There it comes. The devils believe. They tremble. Even when your father's in the hospital, there's power in the name of Jesus. Even when it looks upsetting and you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, I pray in the name of Jesus. And peace comes to my mind. And help comes to my soul. There's power in the name that we pray in Jesus' name. As I began to think this morning, as I was driving over here from the hospital a while ago, I began thinking, I know I could use a lot of stories in the Bible, but this one is just eating at my heart. It's been eating at me all day. In Acts chapter number 10, there was a man named Cornelius. Now something I did notice today that I've never noticed before is do you know what time the angel appeared at Cornelius' house? At the ninth hour. Do you know what time Peter and John went to the temple to pray? At the ninth hour. I don't know, because Cornelius wasn't Jewish. But I also wonder, Bishop, like, 
Was that Cornelius' time to go pray as well? Now, I did talk to the folks this morning. I said, look, you need to establish a time that you spend with the Lord. We've got to be careful that we're not just giving God the leftovers at the end of the day. I've had somebody tell me one time before, and, and uh, I'm not the pastor of this church, so you go obey what the pastor said. But he said, they, they asked me, they said, well, I pray all day long. I, I, when I feel it, I just start talking to God. I said, oh, that's good. I said, but when do you literally go and, and spend time alone with God? And they said, no, that, that's what I do throughout the day. I said, no, there's, it's impossible. You cannot get alone with God and be busy at the same time. You need to devote some time for the Lord. This is my time with God. I remember my mom as a kid coming up. My mom would tell me of preachers that she knew about. Or I don't even know if that guy was a preacher or not. But she, she got to tell me about this gentleman that, that would go and pray every day at a specific time. He got in the hospital and he, he was unresponsive. While he was in the hospital, something began to happen at a certain time of day. Every single day. He was non-responsive to the family, non-responsive to the nurses and the doctors. But in that moment, in that time, I don't know what time of day it was. I'm not even going to try to lie to you. But there was a specific moment in the day that his monitors would come to life. Do we know for sure that that was God interacting with this man? I'm going to say I believe it was. Because it cannot be an accident, Brother Nelson, that it was at that moment. And I said all that because why else would the Bible be specific in the moment that that angel showed up at Cornelius' home? This is just my opinion, okay? As Bishop said before, if I'm going to give you my opinion, I'll make sure I tell you whose it is. It's mine. I don't have Bible to say this is what happened for Cornelius, but I do know this much. The angel showed up in Acts chapter 10. And he began to talk to Cornelius. And as he began to talk with Cornelius, he said this. In fact, verse 3, Acts 10 and 3, he saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day an angel of God coming into him, saying to him, Cornelius. In verse 4, and when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And the Lord said, Thy prayers and thine alms have come up for a memorial before, you, before God. And now I've got an answer for you. Send men to Joppa and get that preacher. His name's Simon. He's dwelling with another man named Simon. And he'll be here. And he'll tell you what you need to do. Now, I promise I'm not going to be too much longer. 
but just ride with me for just a few more moments. Bishop, the Bible, Brother Hilton, the Bible doesn't tell us how long Cornelius prayed and gave alms. It could have been six months. It could have been a year. It could have been 15 years. I don't know. But what I do know is he built a memorial before the Lord. And if you want to know about memorial prayers, you can listen to Bishop teach on them, or you can read Brother, Brother Bernard's book. Brother Bean's book, thank you. I said the wrong thing. Brother Bean's book. And it'll enlighten you, but memorial prayers. And I began thinking, how many of you believe that God is eternal? Another passage of scripture said that a day with God is like a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. It doesn't really matter to God. I don't think I would be amiss by saying God could have very well spoken the first time Cornelius prayed his prayer. And the answer began to go. But there are some things that I do know about this situation. Is some things had to transpire before Cornelius' prayer could be answered. First off, Jesus had to hang on the cross. Secondly, he had to be buried and rise again the third day. Thirdly, the Bible said that the Holy Ghost was going to be poured out on the Jews first. So we know that that had to happen as well. And God had already set all of those things in motion. And Cornelius is over here praying, God, I know there's something more that I need in my life. Would you send me an answer? <laughs> the Bible said he prayed to God always. He didn't miss a lick. You said, preacher, <laughs> I tried to do what Cornelius did. I, I've been praying a long time for this situation. It's all right. Your answer's already on the way. It's, it's coming. When God says something, it doesn't turn back. And he doesn't change his mind. And one day, the angel set up, showed up. He said, all right, it's time. It's time. And he sent. He sent to Joppa. And God had to deal with a hard-headed preacher. And the preacher finally got there and he started preaching the same message he was preaching to everybody else. And verse 44 tells me, And while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell 
on all of them which heard the word. The book of Acts experience for the Gentiles, time had arrived. And it came because somebody did not give up seeking for something that he did not know the answer to, but it showed up one day. He understood that there was a God that was bigger and greater than every pagan God that he understood and knew about in his lifetime. But he said, there's got to be something else out there that I can get a hold of and that I can get an answer from. Amen. And he began to pray and he prayed and he prayed and he prayed and he never stopped. He prayed all the way until the angel showed up and said, I want you to go and find a preacher who's going to tell you what you need to know. And while the preacher was yet speaking, the ultimate answer showed up in the house of Cornelius. And it wasn't just for Cornelius, my God. But it was for you. It was for me. It was for all of mankind that wasn't Jewish. Amen. God said, hey, because a man was able to pray until the answer came, I have opened the door to all of mankind. It's not shut only to one group of people, but I am out there. I'm looking for a relationship with everybody. It blew the Jew's mind. You don't believe me? It says it right there. Those of the circumcision that came with Peter, they were astonished. Oh, my goodness. No way. These are pagan people. There is no way that God did this for these people. No. Yes, it is. Because a, a pagan man decided, I'm sick and tired of going through the pagan ways that I know of. And here I am. I'm calling on the name of Jesus. He didn't know what name to call on. He just said, hey, I need help. And I don't know anywhere to go but unto the God that I keep hearing about. My. But had Jesus kept walking the earth, I hope Cornelius would have been able to find him. But Jesus opened a new avenue. And he said, hey, if you need anything, just go to my father and say, hey, in Jesus' name, I'm asking for this thing. <laughs> Honey, you're not, some of y'all ain't getting what I'm talking about here in just a minute. I'm going to try to wrap it up. I can promise you. But I want you to understand. Some of these children understand what I talk about. I'm talking about more than some of you adults. I can tell you, my kids, we talked about this morning at church. I, 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 my kids... If they want one of their other kids to do something and they know that that other child is not going to listen to a word they're saying, guess what they're going to do? No. They're going to say, Dad said. Any of you kids ever done that? (laughs) 
Hey, I did it. When you're 37 years old, you can raise your hand then. But you know what I'm doing when I pray in Jesus' name? Especially when I'm being attacked by hell. <laughs> I'm saying, devil, I know that when you hear a certain name, you start shaking in your boots. And so here I am. Jesus, I'm coming to you right now because I realize I don't have the ability on my own to accomplish what you need me to accomplish. And hell is trying to stop everything that I'm doing. It's just what happens. You're a child of God. I know I said this last time I was here, but I want you to understand, I don't believe it's the will of God for the people of God to walk around in defeat. And I hope from the last time I was here, you're still stirred up in your spirit that says, hey, I'm not tolerating the fool foolishness uh, of the enemy's games around my life and in my heart and in my church and in my family. I'm done with that stuff. You know, I know, everybody knows, forget which apostle said it, but the Bible simply said, we are not, what? Ignorant of the devil's devices. We're not. We know what he's doing. We know his tactics. And if he can get me to focus on my problem. And if he can get me to focus on my brother's problem. And he can get me so busy that I won't pray about my problem. Then I can't get an actual answer from the Lord. And as I'm getting down to a close, music can come. I've gone, I don't know how many times, looking for the will of God in my life. And a wise man once told me, he said, if you can't figure it out, you pray until you get lost in the Holy Ghost. And then you ask the Lord, what do you want me to do? And what you feel in the deepness of prayer is what you should go with. Now I can promise you, when you're not so deep in prayer, you start wondering, man, is that really what I felt? But I got to keep telling myself, that's what I felt. That's what I know. You say, why are you talking about this right now? Because I'm telling you, some of you say I'm praying about it. But when's the last time you got down and travailed about your situation? Help me tonight, Jesus. You said, preacher, does it really mean that I have to travail to get the glory all over again? 
Well, not all the time. But it's still true that when Zion travailed, she brought forth children. Maybe you've prayed over and over again. And you've just said, God, here I am. This is what I've got going on. And that's okay. That needs to happen. But when's the last time that you really got in an altar, whether it was here at the church, in your sofa, on the side of your bed, sprawled out in your living room floor? I don't care where you're at. When's the last time you really got down and you communed with Jesus? He'll still answer. He wants to answer your prayer. More than you can imagine. I do know things had to transpire in Cornelius' life. But I have to wonder, did he reach a place in his walk with God and his desire for a walk with God that he got like Rachel and got beside himself and said, God, I've got to have an answer else I die. I've got to have it. God wants you to know he still answers prayer. He still answers prayer. I said God still answers prayer. I don't know what you're praying for. I don't know what you're looking for. I don't know what you need from God. But I want you to understand He's the only one that can change everything. No matter how hard the problem may seem. We're talking about a God who looked at a world void, without shape, dark, nothing. And he said, let there be. And there was. And you're going to try to convince me that God can't handle your situation because it's too big? I can promise you he can speak into your life and everything can change permanently. God can. God will. Are you willing to ask him? James said it this way as I close tonight. He said every good gift and every perfect gift is from above.
And coming down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither a shadow of turning. What are you saying, preacher? If he did it before, he'll do it all over again. I don't care how impossible your situation may be in this place tonight. My God can do whatever it is that you're seeking after him to do. If you'll just call on his name, he's here, he's willing, he's able to supply every need. If you'll just come and find a place and spend time calling on his name one more time, God, here I am. I know you've heard me from before, but here I am. God, I need an answer today. Lord, I'm seeking after an answer one more time. And if it doesn't come tonight, God, I'm going to be up in the morning. And I'm going to find me a place to talk to you about it one more time. Oh, come on. Let's talk to the Lord here today. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you.